Now, we bring you a world of adventure with... Rocky Jordan. On a narrow street near Cairo's native quarter stands the Café Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. The Café Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men, alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's Rocky Jordan story... The Broken Wing. You know, there's a saying I've heard around Cairo that all a man needs for happiness is good food and good companions. Me, I add one thing more. That's lots of sleep. So naturally, I don't like it when somebody comes slamming at my tambourine door at 2 o'clock in the morning. But that's what happened. The slamming got wilder and wilder. So I finally got up, put on my shoes and a robe, and went down the balcony steps into the cafe. All right, cut out the noise. I'm coming. I switched on the front light. Through the door glass, I could make out a stooped figure, gray-bearded in burnous and fez. I threw the latch, opened the door, and he bowed down, groveling at my feet. At last, Mr. Jordan. Look, Buster, just get up and state your business. Oh, Mr. Jordan, my true effendi. I come to you on my knees. Ben Abram. Alva, it is I, Ben of the once honored house of Abram. Ben Abram, you don't have to bow down to me. You should know that. Thus... I express my distress, Mr. Jordan. Listen, if there's something wrong, tell me. My good Effendi, you will recall that when you first came to Cairo, I was able to do you a small service. Oh, you bet I remember. You stood between me and certain of your own people who wanted to give me trouble. Believe me, I've never forgotten it. It was not with the thought of ever asking a service in return. Oh, sure, I knew that. I owe a great debt to you, Ben Abram. Mr. Jordan, I must entrust to you my greatest treasure for you to guard and protect. Treasure? Sure, but... There are many things I cannot explain to you, my Effendi. You must only trust. I trust you just as you trust me. It has been written. A promise is a man's most priceless gift. You have my promise. Now, where is this treasure? Allah be praised. Wait here but a moment. Then Abram ducked quickly down the sidewalk to a dark doorway. In another second, he was coming back. But this time, he wasn't alone. Just two steps behind came someone else. And I didn't see who it was until he stepped aside to tenderly draw her before me. slight but erect figure in native robes. And all I could see was her soft, dark eyes above the veil that covered her face. Mr. Jordan, my only daughter, Tarina. Your do... Mashallah. She is my treasure. Guard her with your life. Wait a minute, Ben Abram. You can't be leaving her here with me. I have no choice. It is your promise. Oh, I know I promise. Farewell, Tarina, my child. Saeed, my 
father. I commend her to you, Mr. Jordan. Hide her quickly. I'll not protect her. Benabram, wait. Uh, this beats anything yet. My master is not pleased? Oh, everything's just fine, just great. I am most happy, my master. Look, would you mind not calling me? Oh, skip it. As you wish, my master. It's just that this is no place for a girl like you. But you are here. That's just it. I. My father says that you will protect me. Uh, from what, Serena? He does not permit me to tell. But in all else, I am at your command. Uh, sure, sure. Well, what now? Where do you want me to sleep? Uh, sleep. Oh, um, up those steps. It's all yours. But will you not show me? If that's the way you want it. Come on, up this way. I will follow my master. Here, here's the bed. Fresh sheets are over there. Where will you sleep? Uh, outside, lady. Just give me time to get a few things out of here. Wait, Torina. Yes? What happened to your veil? In her own quarters, a woman does not wear the veil. Did you not know? Uh, no, no. I trust my master will sleep well. Oh, thanks. Then I was outside, but I still had my problem. A girl with the innocent round face of the Nile people, a foreigner rarely sees, a face that trusted me for protection. From what, I had no idea. I started for my office downstairs, then changed my mind and bedded down on the stair landing just outside the door. The floor was hard, and the strange puzzle that had been handed me didn't help with the sleep. But I finally dozed off. I slept for maybe two hours, and then I was suddenly sitting up wide awake. Save me, my monster! I slammed the door open in time to see two big robed figures coming in through the shattered window from the adjoining roof. I made a dive for the first one. It was like tackling a stone pillar. He wrestled me more like a bear than a man. I got a lucky chance, and he went over my head and sprawled. I was set for the second one, and my fist drove him back. He lunged at me. I ducked and let him go by and turned to meet number one. My master, the chair! I saw the chair coming down, but it was too late. It caught me above the left ear, and I was on the floor telling myself to get up. Only I couldn't. When I finally cleared away some of the cobwebs, the room was empty. From below, I heard the crash of a door being broken open. I threw on some clothes in quick time and was down through the cafe, out the open door, and onto the street. Far off down the dark street, I heard running footsteps, and I followed they were always just far enough ahead so I couldn't see. When I reached the Sharia Raccoon, they still were nowhere in sight. I hesitated and stopped as a little form moved out of the shadows. For a poor blind man. Look, uh, how much does it cost to see a few things? Effendi, I am a helpless man, very poor. A couple of big Egyptians with a girl. Which way they go? Oh, the dark, it is everywhere. I see nothing. No bakshish. Uh, this help? Ah, the, the piastres. But wait, Effendi, wait. Come on, you don't have to test them. They're good. Yeah, as you say, Effendi, they are genuine. Uh, what do you see now? Only two piastres. Uh, there's some more, but not if you tell me. Oh. Suddenly, the eyes of this humble man pierced the veil. All right, make it four piastres. They went into the great white house there on the Nile. Yeah, go buy yourself some carrots. But the shakir, In two minutes more, I had reached the great house on the Nile, all white, symbol of power in Egypt. 
The front gate led to the wide courtyard, and I kept going past the fountain toward the main door till two guards quickly moved from their post upon my way. But the <laughs> intruder will be gone. Hey, wait a minute. I got lots of business here. The house of Sheikh El Haddai sleeps. Let's wake him up. Back. The unbeliever is asking trouble. A lot of trouble you don't want to get mixed up in, brother. To the streets with you. It is a command. I'm going the other way. Batar! Shamak! Batar, it is El Hadbey. Who comes to disturb the quiet of my house? Anamarakane, master. Let him approach me. Guards let go of my arms, and Sheikh El Hadbey waited on the steps before the door. I couldn't help being fascinated with what I saw. Not the colored robes or the fez that topped his slim face, accented by a well-clipped beard. It was something perched on his shoulder, a Baza falcon, its beady eyes, hooked beak, and talons gleaming in the moonlight. By what right does an infidel come at this hour? Little case of kidnapping, El Hadbey. What is your name? My name's Rocky Jordan. Now, where's Tarina? She is quite safe. She is of no interest to such as you. Think again. Tarina was sleeping at my cafe. Mashallah. Oh, forget the evil eye. She was brought there by her father, Ben Abram. I promised to protect her. And you know what a promise means. It was not yours to give. Tarina was brought here by the orders of my honored nephew, Fingal Jarus. I, as his guardian since the death of his father, give my blessing. Your nephew sent those two muscle boys to drag the girl from her bed? It was his right. Not my books, El Hadbey. Mr. Jordan, it is obvious you have much to learn of the ways of the East. Until then, you had best accept my word. What about Ben Abram's word? It is like dirt at my feet. Yeah, supposing the police get wind of this, what'll they think? May I suggest that you go now and find out and leave this house in peace? And not till I see Tarina and get her story. You will not defile her again by your presence. Let her decide that. Then I have no choice. Batar, Shamak, throw this unbeliever into the street. I will, master. Unbeliever. I rolled over three times, caught up and started back for the gate till I saw the knives the guards had pulled out from somewhere. Then I knew getting to Torino right now would be about as easy as stealing the Sphinx. Looked like the best thing I could do was to go to Ben Abram and admit I'd failed him. That took me all the way across Cairo to the East Hills. When I got to Ben Abram's house, it was empty. There was no sign of him. So I waited in the court, and he finally showed up almost an hour later. He came staggering in at the point of exhaustion, great red marks across his face and his robe spotted with blood. I got to him and helped him to a bench. Please, please, my friend. My welfare is nothing. But you've been hurt. I'll get you to a doctor. No. Tell me of my daughter... Why do you not doubt her? I've got bad news, Ben Abram. Oh, tell me quickly. Tarina's in the house of El Bey. It cannot be. I know, I promised, but two men got in from the roof. They were a little too much for me. They got her away, and I followed them to Sheikh El Bey's house. Then there is nothing more. She was taken there by orders of his nephew. El Bey told me he had the right. Yes, it is as he says. No man has that right. Well, I think it's time you made a few things clear. Yes, I must tell you now. Mr. Jordan, I love my daughter more than my life. It was my desire that she marry in dignity. It has been written. An unwed daughter is like a broken wing. 
sure, Abram, but... Three years ago, Mr. Jordan, while Tarina was but a child, I promised her as wife to Fingal Jarus, the nephew of El Hatpe. But since then, I have learned many things about Fingal. He is a dog, a vicious man, who would bring her nothing but sorrow. I think I'm beginning to see. A few days ago, Fingal came to me, demanding that I bring Tarina to him as wife. I begged him to release me from my promise, but he would not listen. Yeah, but as her father... No, Mr. Jordan. She was his, by right of our law. And Fingal would not listen. He threatened to take her from me. I could not entrust her to one of my own people. That's when you brought her to my place? Yes. I was willing to face dishonor. To suffer humiliation, but my daughter must be protected from that man. What happened to me was nothing. Yeah, looks like I let you down. Oh, I am only grateful for your efforts, Mr. Jordan. Now, there is no way of getting her back. Oh, but look, we can do something. No. Man's efforts are as nothing against the will of Allah. It was his decree. Let my promise be fulfilled. I tried a couple of arguments, but all I met with was despair. I could tell Ben Abram wanted to be left alone, so I finally walked away. Just as I reached the gate, a black limousine pulled up. The back door opened, and after carefully adjusting his fez, out stepped Captain Sam Sabaya, Cairo Police. You will stay with me, Jordan. Oh, what's the complaint, Sam? You will learn in good time once I have talked with Ben Abram. He's right there in the courtyard. Come along. Ben Abram. Bismillah, Sabayabe. It is with regret that I do not come as a guest of your house. Then for what purpose? To ask if you last night were at the home of Sheikh Alhad Bey. You do not answer. Oh, supposedly he was, Sam. What One moment, I... Jordan. Ben Abram, the marks on your face as from sharp claws. How do you explain them? It is as you say. They are the marks of the falcon. I was at Elhad Bey's house with the bird. He drove me away. All right, Sam. Maybe you'll be interested to know I was there, too. I do know. Jordan, have I not warned you to keep away from such affairs as this, which do not concern you or any other foreigner? Abram entrusted Tarina to my care. To me, what has happened is kidnapped. I know our ways aren't always the same. Indeed, they are not, Jordan. Look, how about getting to the point? The nephew of Elhad Bey is dead, slain by the knife. You're not accusing one of us. Perhaps that is not necessary. Wait. At what time was Fingal killed? But a short time after your daughter was brought to the house. Very well. It is best that I confess. Ben Abram. I kill Fingal. Now do with me what you will. One thing of you. Yeah? The happiness of my daughter... I leave her in your hands forever. I left him then. Ben Abram had given me a tall order, but I had to do what I could. Anyhow, I wanted to clear up a few things in my own mind, so I went back down to the big white house of Sheikh El-Hud Bay on the banks of the Nile. There was a steady stream of friends and relatives going in by way of the court. The Bay was there at the door, greeting the mourners. 
falcon still perched on his shoulder. Have I not sent you once from this house? I just came back to set things right, Elad Bay. At another time, Jordan. My most gracious, Elad Bay. What would you have, woman? It is I whom you summon. For a few pieces of silver, I come to mourn for the mourned and departed one. It is well. Take this silver. I... Retire now to the upper chambers and well with the others. Oh... Muta Shakir, Anna A moment, woman. Eh? Your grief is most restrained. Perhaps a few more pieces of silver. Ah, the day is most generous. How about a word with me, huh? Have you not yet gone? I just want you to know getting mixed up in this wasn't my idea. You have come to tell me that... Sheikh El Bey, the last thing I want to do is meddle in the affairs of your people. I hope you believe that. I regret very much the death of your nephew. I will make peace with you. Bismillah. Thanks. You mind telling me where Tarina is? She has no place in my house now. The girl is gone. Where? I do not know. I see. Oh, one thing more. I'd, uh, I'd like to see Fingal's body. It has not been prepared for burial. As a special favor? Then I'll go. Very well. I cannot refuse. This way, please. The adjoining room. My furlorn restaurant, a hundred dollars. How can a furlorn cost a hundred dollars? I didn't have sirloin. I had saddle. What's this next item? Back bedroom at the Villa Hermosa, a hundred and sixty dollars. Oscar. Why should a back bedroom be $160? It's European plan. What's that got to do with it? There's a Russian in the front room, and I had to bring my food in by airlift. <laughs> All I can say is these prices are terrible. I think I'll go out on the highway and open up a poorhouse. I'll catch all the people coming back from Palm Springs. <laughs> Incidentally, Al, there's another item there on my expense account. Yeah? $20 for dates. $20 for dates? Oscar, look, I don't intend to give you money to take out girls. You don't understand. These are the kind of dates that hang from trees. Oscar, I don't care how athletic your girlfriends are. I don't intend to pay for them. Uh, Al, are you going to pay my expenses or not? Of course. I promise to pay. Gee, I wonder if another network would be interested in a rummage sale featuring Oscar Levan. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't announce your number yet. What are you playing for? I'm not playing. I'm knocking the sand out of the piano. Sand? Well, if I don't, the Tanko Realty Company will subdivide it and build a hotel. Not a bad idea, Oscar. You could call it the Casa Steinway. Listen, what are you going to play today? What am I going to play? Yeah. Something inexpensive. Fire Dance by Defia. Not a fire deliver.
now on, it was up to Tarina. She'd have to make the choice. But right then, I was kind of beat. I went back to the tambourine, drew a beer from the tap, and went up the steps to my room where I could do some thinking. Where I'd find Tarina or where the search would begin was anybody's guess. But when I opened the door to my room, that much was answered. I await my master. Tarina, where have you been? It was the command of my father that I remain here. I, I returned as soon as possible. But how? Nobody saw you. A veiled girl could not enter by the door of this place. I came as the others last night, by the roof. You sure know how to get around. My master, I... I would learn of my father. Where is he? He's in jail, Tarina, for the murder of Fingal. Oh, no, no. But what does my father say? He confessed to me and everybody else. I, it is as I feared. I pray to Allah that it would not be so. Yeah, now it's up to you whether he stays there or not. I do not understand, but I will do anything. It so happens I know Ben Abram didn't kill Fingal. But you say he confessed. Is it not so? Only to protect you, Tarina. He thinks you did it. Maybe I do, too. No. No, that is not true. I, I said it's up to you, Tarina. Keep quiet, and you know what will happen to your father. He thinks that'll make you happy, but I don't. Uh, my master, let me speak. It is true that my father gave me the knife, charging me to protect myself. When I was taken before Fingal in the house of his uncle, he swore he would have me as wife... It was then that I drew the knife. All right, I, let's have the rest of it. I, I drove it at his chest. But I am weak, and he was strong. The knife only scratched him. He threw me back in the great fury and left the room, shouting that I would be taken to the woman's quarters. I did not see him again. You think anyone's going to believe that, Tarina? They have only to look at the wound, my master. Captain Sabaya speaking. Rocky, Sam. Yes, Jordan. Uh, has there been an autopsy on Fingal Jerus? Autopsy? Certainly not. For what possible reason do you ask? Better do it, Sam. You'll find out some things. I will do no such thing. Besides, the burial procession leaves within the hour. And you better get busy. There still may be time to stop it. Jordan, you know that cannot be done without cause. All you have to do is check on Sheikh El Adbe's background. He was quite a gambler, Sam. Find out how he stands financially. You'll get a surprise. What are you driving at, Jordan? Fingal was the only son of El Hadbe's elder brother. Now they're both dead. Who stands to benefit most of all by Fingal's death? That is of no consequence. We have the confessed murderer. But it's all wrong. Hurry, Sam. Meet me at El Hadbe's house in ten minutes. Jordan, you will not go to that place at such a time. Think again. I'll see you there. What would you have me do, Master? You stay right here, Tarina. And keep those pretty little fingers crossed. I was off again for the big white house of Sheikh El Hadbe. And this time I knew the reason why. In nine minutes flat I was there. And I didn't make it any too soon. The funeral procession was already moving out across the court. They had a drum beating and along with the wailers, all in all, it promised to be a first class affair. Right in the lead came Sheikh El Hadbe, falcon and all. Open. <laughs> now, Lou... Dry your tears and poke at the top of the officer, because I got a song about my favorite gal. Take it, boys. Rosie, you are my posy. You are my heart bouquet. 
come out in the silvery moonlight. Get some in sweet love. I wanna say. Family wealth. Guards! Remove the lying infidel! No, they needn't bother. I was just going for a chat with the Cairo police. Vasa! Attack! Kill Vasa! Kill! Before I could turn, the giant falcon was on me, striking with terrific power and driving me to the ground. I scrambled to my feet, shielding my face with my arms as the bird knifed in with its sharp claws. My shirt was in ribbons, my arms and head slashed in a dozen places. Now the falcon began striking with his powerful wings, driving me down again. I braced myself with a third strike, but it never came. It was just one shot. The winged killer lay dead at my feet. Maybe it was loss of blood or exhaustion or downright fear. Maybe all three. Anyhow, for a while after that, I didn't know much. It was water on my face that brought me out of it. I was lying by the fountain. The procession had vanished except for a couple of police at the gate. I was getting personal attention from Sam Sabaya. No, no, no. Lie quietly, Jordan. I will soon have the bleeding stopped. Is there anything you can't do, Sam? <laughs> when one must contend with your unpredictable escapes, Jordan, much knowledge is necessary. What about Sheikh Elhad? As you said, Jordan, Fengal's knife wound was superficial. The Sheikh is being held pending an autopsy. Well, then my hunch was right. The fact that the Sheikh made this bizarre attempt on your life is proof enough at the moment. What about Ben Abram? Oh, I have ordered his immediate release. Jordan, is there nothing more you wish to ask? Oh, what about? Tarina. As Ben Abram reminds me, a promise is a man's most priceless gift. What are you getting at? He says he has promised his daughter to you, Jordan. Oh, no, no. Oh, not in your life. You've got to talk to him. <laughs> Calm yourself, Jordan. I have convinced him that you will release him from his promise. You will not have to marry the girl. <laughs> Sam, why don't you mind your own business? They sing, but they can't see you. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that. Anytime you want to take a rest, I'll be more than happy to do your singing for you. Larry, I'll let you sing for me the day Palm Spring freezes over. What am I saying? <laughs> you did last night, come to think of it. <laughs> well, actually, Al, I couldn't sing in your place. After all, people will always say there was only one Al Jolson. Until you... <laughs> Until you came along, Larry. As a matter of fact, I think you just can't help improving yourself when you're playing Al Jolson. You're absolutely right. I couldn't help improving Al Jolson. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute, don't get levantish. Listen. <laughs> everything you did in that picture, everything you did in that picture, I taught you. Remember that. That's true, Alan. Don't think I'm not grateful. Of course, there were some things in the picture that if uh, I'd been the producer, I'd have done a little differently. Now he's playing the life of Harry Cohen. Look, uh, uh, what, what would you have done differently? Well, I would have had you play yourself, Al, yeah. and uh, I'd have played your father. Larry, why, why would you want to be my father? Maybe you'd send a check home once in a while. <laughs> you see, Al, I'd have a big scene where your father says to you, Hey, sir, you're 12 years old now, and every minute you're in the house, you sing. You sing all morning, and you sing all afternoon. Hey, sir, 
Why don't you run away from home? <laughs> but, Papa, I don't want to run away from home. I want to stay here with you and make you happy. No, Asa. Run away and make me happy. <laughs> but, Papa, if I run away, I'll get in trouble. I'll be no good. I'll even be as bad as that little boy next door, Eddie Cantor. Eddie's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's very popular. I know he's popular. He's got five girls. Mm. <laughs> All I want, Asa, is that you should go away and become famous. And if you don't become famous, I don't care. Go away anyhow. <laughs> I think I will go away, Papa. Maybe someday I'll be a famous singer. Good, Asa, good. Maybe sometime you'll be so famous and so important, they'll make a picture about your life. Yeah. So live well, do a lot of things, be spectacular, and that'll make it real hard for Larry Parks. <laughs> it's a good idea, Papa. Then when I'm an old man, when I'm an old man and I can't sing anymore, I'll quit. No. Then you'll go on the radio. 